0: Ion 2020, episode 303. have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, host of ION 2020. Thanks for joining me for another day looking at the 2020 election, looking at all the things that are going on with the candidates, their policies, their positions, but also we take a look pretty regularly about what the current events are going on as well. So thank you for joining me again, or if it's your first time listening, I appreciate you coming out and listening go ahead and subscribe to the show if you can and uh, that'll help you to hear the show again so uh i always pr- appreciate the n- the numbers that are growing it's really nice to see the amount of people that are starting to listen to the show now Uh see so, you know, i think they doubled over the last couple of weeks as well and i am pretty sure that's the reason why is because a lot of you guys are out driving around now and you're able to listen to shows more and you're able to focus more on like like that idea of just sitting there driving and listening to a podcast that's probably the case that's how I am and if I'm not out working or anything like that then I'm not listening to my podcast and I get back after getting in my car like if I take a vacation for example I don't listen to podcasts the entire vacation and then when I get back I just listen to the podcasts that are the most uh, relevant to me the ones that I like the best I erase the rest I'm sure uh A lot of you guys, if you guys were out of work or whatever, uh, you stopped listening for a while. But I appreciate you joining me and coming back. I really do appreciate that. And those that are first-time listeners, those that have just gotten gotten involved listening to the podcast, I appreciate you listening to ION 2020. I'll try to give you guys as much good quality uh, programming as I can with regards to election. Uh, I do get focused in on some of these Black Lives Matter things. I get focused in on some of this other stuff every so often, as well as the COVID-19, which is pretty much the feature of the show since about uh, early March or so, I started talking about it, and even before like all the lockdowns and stuff, and, and then uh, and it pretty much went on because I was so much against the government shutdown, I was so much against the government forcing people to not work, I was so against that, and I just really came out as strongly against it because I just felt like the government was completely overstepping its constitutional bounds. I felt like the state governments were totally overstepping it and, and they should not have been doing what they were doing and they just continued and they still now, they still continue to tread upon people's rights and tread upon people's individual freedoms and tread upon people's businesses and their life savings, the things that they're doing to try to survive in this world and the politicians are not making that easy. And then, on top of that, the federal government wants to step in and spend $3 trillion on some stupid bailout plan that all these business owners are getting screwed now. They take out this whole paycheck protection plan that they did, and then they're not dotting the I's and crossing the T's that they need to, and now they're going to be forced to pay these loans back that the government promised would be a... uh, be basically a basically a loan that they didn't have to pay back that would be forgiven they were they were promising that but if you couldn't hire your employees back because there's no job for them to come back to then you're screwed then you're sitting there just wondering how are you going to you know do the right thing how are you going to do exactly what the government tells you to do so you don't have to pay that thing back and then those bills start coming due and you have to pay them back and it's just a terrible situation out uh, of these they put these businesses into. And who benefited from all this, right? The only people that benefited from it was the major corporations. The only companies that benefited from are Walmart, Amazon. The companies that were ready for something like this to happen. The companies that had the capital survive through something like this, they are loving it. They are counting the money because they're able to outcompete their competitors because the small mom and pop shop or the small restaurant, they can't afford to stay in business, the new fledgling business that, you know, that's trying to make its way, they have a hard time staying in business at this point. And and but I mean, an Applebee's or some company like that, they have the money to afford to stay. That they might close a few stores, they might close a few businesses, and you're starting to see that now. You really are. I'm driving around. I see lots of businesses closing up now. I wonder how many businesses. I wonder at the end of this thing in like a year and a half, two years when I start looking at all the numbers I'm just wondering how it's going to affect the economy how it's going to affect private investment how it's going to affect people's businesses and their livelihoods their retirements and so forth and I think about it because we're in a situation now and I don't even want to talk about this today really, I I apologize but I'll get onto the main subject of the show in just a few minutes Um, but I just wonder if it's gonna, like, what's gonna happen in the next couple months. Because we're looking at a situation right now where businesses are wondering how they're gonna survive right now. But all the charts show, and all the pathways show right now, and all the prediction models show right now, that you're gonna have a resurgence in October, November, December and the uncertainty that comes along with a With an outbreak in September and then into October, November, into December there's going to be so much uncertainty that goes along with that are they going to be able to invest in their business? are they going to be willing to make those investments when they know that the government might shut them down again? are they going to be willing to make those investments in their business if they know that They might have to go to 50% occupancy. And honestly, you're going to have decisions made based upon it as well. Because even if the government doesn't force the shutdown, you're going to have less people out and about. Because people are going to stay home. I mean, I've been staying home a lot more than I used to. I'm not out at the bar. Like, there's, there's... There's something I've been doing where, like, friends and I, we meet up every Thursday night at the bar. And we drink beers. And during football season, we're doing another podcast called called Guys at the Bar Talking Sports. And it was a really rowdy podcast. It was, like, four of us that got together. And we'd sit around the microphone and we'd talk about sports in general and just drink and have fun. And it was a good time. It It was nights that it got a little bit, you know colorful language on there and stuff. There was other nights where we tried to keep it straight up as a good podcast, but it was just a fun thing for us to do. We're not doing that as much anymore. I mean, there's no sports to talk about anyway, but we're not meeting up at the bar as much anymore. There's just a lot of things that we're not doing. So you're going to have situations where people are going to have do less. They're going to go out less. They're going to spend less money. They're going to prepare for a future. They're going to be scared to get out there when coronavirus is hitting their town pretty hard when there's a spike that's coming up if they notice things are spiking they they might decide not to go out so businesses are uncertain right now i just i it'll be interesting to see in like two years when this thing is or in like a year and a half i guess is when it'll pretty much be all gone right cuz you have like two two seasons of it really where it hits pretty hard and then you have that herd herd immunity that happens at that point ideally so it's just it'll be interesting to see what the exact outcome of this thing was what really what really transpired and, and and how far the government should have taken it versus how far they did take it or if they should have taken it if people claim that they should have taken it further I don't know Already people are saying that they should have stopped... They shouldn't have uh, let people go outside earlier than than they... As early as they have. They shouldn't have lifted the lockdown so early. There's other governors that are tightening up and stuff. So that's... It'll be interesting to see. But anyway, I've been covering coronavirus a little bit on the show. And now I'm trying to focus in a little bit more on Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Because it's an interesting race. It really is. Neither of them are really... Making that many headlines I mean Donald Trump is making headlines anytime he does one of his little rallies and stuff he had this rally out in um, out at Mount Rushmore a couple or last week on Friday and he made some headlines it was a very patriotic sounding speech it was a very traditional American values type speech but does he mention Joe Biden during his campaign stops at all? is he even running against Joe Biden? That's that's what I was thinking about over the last couple of days. Is that who on earth is Donald Trump running against right now? And it's not Joe Biden, guys, it's not. Yes, that is the physical character, the person that he's running against. But if you listen to his speeches, he's not running against Joe Biden. He's running against what Joe Biden represents. He's running against everybody to the left of Joe Biden. The crazy left is what he, who he's running against. The people that... The right... The people that follow him. The conservatives. Those that would vote Republican. Those that are... Those that are... Motivated by his campaign. They... He is speaking to his followers about... Not about Joe Biden, how bad things would be if Joe Biden was elected, but he's running against traditional or against the tearing down of traditional American values. He's running against the radical left. That's who that's who Donald Trump is running against right now. He's running against what America would be if Joe Biden got elected. He's running against riots in the streets. That's what his followers think you would have if Joe Biden got elected that they would tear down everything that America represents to them, and I talked about this this the other day that there is a mythology that's built up in people's minds about America and what it represents and who it is or who who the founding fathers are. There's this mythology that we have, this founding mythology that we have, whether it's all true or not all true, there's some truth in between and in in there somewhere. But it's the story that of America that has been taught to us all in the 20th century. And that's that America is a shining light on the, on the hill. That is a beacon of freedom to all the world. And that when America's founding fathers created the Declaration of Independence, it was a very unique thing. And that they got started a very great country that ultimately came to dominate the world because of the freedom that we have is what they talked about that's the story that's taught to us that we live in a country that is a great country we saved Europe twice during two world wars we as a nation have gotten better and better and better throughout history we overcame slavery we got through the civil rights era we endure in, in between we built a nation that goes from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, from sea to shining sea. And that's the mythology that we have. That's the founding story of America. That the founders were great people. Yes, they had their problems, they had their issues. But they were great people. That's what that that's the story that we're talked about. How they are almost like gods in some way, George Washington does not tell a lie. He cut down the apple, he cut down his father's apple tree, and he couldn't lie about it, or whatever that story is that George Washington fought valiantly against the British and stood up and on top of that, he wouldn't even declare himself the king. he would not keep himself as the commander-in-chief. He stepped down after the American Revolution yeah those are true statements though but he was a great person but all those other founders they were great people too Thomas Jefferson Benjamin Franklin amazing people people that had very good morality and if you hear about Benjamin Franklin not that moral of a guy a lot of these people had heavy debts but you don't hear about those things you only hear about their good positive traits and that's the vision that people have of America that are probably anyone that's over 30 years old maybe, maybe 35 years old, I don't know, I don't know when they started teaching a different story in America that got kids to start questioning things or start looking at things in a different light, I'm not sure if those little stories started to change but you, I know with my kids for example you didn't hear about how you know the the native american tribes in all of north and south america died off by like 90% of the population because of the smallpox that the that the europeans carried like you didn't hear about that when i was a kid but now they do so they start looking at it from a negative perspective as if the people that were coming over were invaders and that sure it's a lot more nuanced than that. That's the thing that you hear. So, like, there's a the founding mythology that we have now that our kids are being taught is quite a bit different, I'm sure, than the founding mythology that I was taught because I didn't hear any negativity about the founders. But that's what Donald Trump is running against. Those people in their minds that are followers of Donald Trump, the people that are listening to Donald Trump, Trump speak, they're sitting there thinking to themselves. We need to protect the nation that we have. These are great people that founded this country. We have a great nation. We're one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You see that on the American flags on the back of people's trucks that they have the Pledge of Allegiance back on that on the back of their truck written out in the form of in the shape of an American flag. Because they really believe all these things to be true. And if you let if you let Joe Biden get elected, all that's gonna go away. He's gonna be controlled by the radical left. That's who Donald Trump is running against. The radical left. The rioters and the the protesters even. The rioters in the street are the are the terrible ones, the protesters. While you and I might think that they're okay to be protesting, that's okay to be protesting, they still represent something different in the minds of the trump follower somebody that wants something radically different that they want to take down the police and get rid of the police completely so now donald trump talks about law and order because what are those people those people represent the opposite of law and order they represent taking apart the police and the structure that keeps people in line that's what they represent I represent law and order. That's what Donald Trump is saying, and you hear it on Fox News daily. They're just highlighting the terror that's going on in the cities of New York, of New York and Chicago and Atlanta over the weekend. Deaths and murders and shootings all over the place, and these governors and these and these mayors—they don't care. All they want to do is talk about Black Lives Matter, and all they want to do is talk about how the police are the bad ones when there's people being murdered in the streets Donald Trump is law and order that's what, that's, that's what they're saying and that's the propaganda they're going to preach to you because they're going to play on those divisive things that's what they're going to do don't let it fool you Donald Trump is not necessarily law and order Donald Trump does not represent traditional values of America Donald Trump talks about those things. But he's running to get reelected, And he's going to use those propaganda pieces to make that happen. He doesn't believe in democracy. He doesn't believe in Rep- Republican government. He doesn't really have a moral compass on those things. He doesn't have the ideology of freedom and liberty that you and I might have. He wants control. That's, that's what politicians want. And you've seen it in things that he's done in the past. Threatening to send out the National Guard to different places and, you know, different things like that. Like, those that he's running not against Joe Biden. You don't even hear him talk about Joe Biden. So now, let's think about this. What is Joe Biden running against? Because what's the propaganda that Joe Biden is feeding the people? What is the propaganda that the... Democrats are feeding the people right now. And you know what it is, that Donald Trump is a racist. That Donald Trump doesn't care about anyone except for whites, and that he's a white supremacist. And look at him, he doesn't give a crap about anybody else. He wants the police to kill all the black people. That's what Joe Biden's running against. Or that's, that's who Joe Biden's running against. He's running against the racist Donald Trump. And if you don't vote for Donald Trump, you'll be painted as a racist. And that's a terrible label to have, right? That's a terrible label to have. The, te- the America that we live in right now is, is a terrible place. It's a racist country. It's a divided country. And it's not my fault. It's not my party's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. Before, when it was Barack Obama, we were united We were a united country. But as soon as Donald Trump takes over, we become divided. And he plays on the divisions that Americans have. So look how terrible he is vote for me. A vote for Donald Trump is a vote for racism and white supremacy. That's what he's running on. It's interesting to see the way that these politicians go to market, right? It's interesting to me to see just how they are attempting to get people to vote for them because nobody's excited about Joe Biden. A lot of people are unsatisfied with Donald Trump. And what else can we do but, you know, make those divisions even further so that it forces people to make a decision. Will it get the independents out? I think a lot of people are just tired, man. They're just tired of it. I know I am. I can't I, I have a hard time even thinking about it lately, but it's just insane, right? But that's the propaganda that we hear. Is there a better way? That's that's the biggest question. Is there a better way? I don't know. I mean the two parties are so entrenched that it'd be hard to see a third party can they win. I mean we had so much hope as libertarians for Gary Johnson to beat Donald Trump and to beat Hillary Clinton and he got like 5% of the vote the most votes ever for a libertarian candidate lots of people came out and voted for him but it was 5% of the vote he didn't even win a state he didn't even win New Mexico so to get people to get out there and vote for a third party candidate I mean a third party's not gonna win But it would be nice to stick the thumb in the eye of the two parties, of the Republicans and Democrats, and just vote for a libertarian and say, screw y'all. We don't want what you're serving. We want liberty. We want freedom. We want no, no more wars. We want the government to stop spending itself into oblivion. We want a government that stands up for the individual that isn't a government that is arresting people for nonviolent crimes that isn't putting people in prison for years and years and years because they had marijuana in their pocket we want a government that is limited limited in size and scope that's it. That's what I mean by by voting for a libertarian candidate, that's what you get. You get that. And would that person win? Will Joe Jorgensen win? That's a very tough battle to win, guys. It really is because the two parties are entrenched. They have built a wall around this system that is almost impenetrable. You can't even get onto the debate stage as a libertarian, as a third party because they've set all these rules and all these different hurdles that that person has to has to jump over in order to even get on the debate stage. And the only way you're going to have a message that's national is to get on the debate stage to show who you are against Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But those two idiots are going to be up on stage 12 feet apart with masks on I'm sure debating about just how much money they should spend of yours just how long we should stay in Afghanistan for and all that crap just how many years somebody should have for a marijuana charge just how much of your money they are entitled they are entitled to that's what they're going to talk about and it's just crazy. But just vote for that third party just because, just because it is a, a thumb in the eye. And maybe if we get enough people that are going to vote for that third party and there's a th- so they want to put a thumb in the eye of the two-party system, maybe we'll get somebody to win then. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. But Donald Trump does have a huge following, so and Joe Biden he has a huge following and a huge a huge group of people that hate him so I mean you could probably get like for example in Columbia South Carolina on lake uh one of the lakes that we have around here and also up in uh, North Carolina they had like these boat parades these Donald Trump boat parades over the weekend of July 4th and like 36,000 people came to one of them and like 24,000 people came to the other one and had their boats out there. It was a magnificent scene. If you like Donald Trump, boats just decked out with Donald Trump crap and all this other stuff. It was amazing to watch, right? You could see them for miles, all these boats cruising, like, and there were eight people per boat and they were just having a blast and having a good time, Right? you could probably get just as many anti-Trump people out there on those boats and doing the same thing and have an anti-Trump boat parade this coming weekend you'd probably have, says there's just many people that hate them as, as love them so that's just the way it is but how many people are just sitting on their hands and just saying you know what, I'm done, I'm out of this, I am tired of watching all this bull crap how many people are, of, of those are there probably a lot as well, so we might have a chance. Okay, last thing I want to talk about real quick as well um, is this. The one constant that Donald Trump has been doing over the last four years or so, or three, what is it, three and a half years that he's been elected is that he has always talked about bringing the troops home from Afghanistan, guys. Every single time he's done it, you had John Bolton get up there and say, oh no, we're not really bringing them home. We want to boost up to 70,000 people, 70,000 troops. Oh no, he's not bringing troops home. Oh no, it's... it's Every time he's... Donald Trump has said it and led the way like probably 10 different times in the last three and a half years trying to make the statement that he's bringing the troops home. And every time they undermine him, every time the the deep state wins, every time Donald Trump gets talked out of it, somehow because within like a a couple days you start seeing on the news you start seeing you know mike pompeo and john bolton get out there and they'll say oh no they're not really getting them out oh no we have to stay here oh no it's on a timeline oh no it's this oh no it's that undermining it and then the next statement you get is going to be uh a couple months later donald trump says it again well he did it again he said he's going to draw down the troops to his goal, I think, was to, by November to have all the troops out of there. And now the Congress has gone and passed a resolution to make it almost impossible for him to pull the troops out. This is a Democrat Congress, guys. The anti-war Democrats. The, the Barack Obama who said we're going to be out of Iraq and out of Afghanistan by 2014... And they are voting to keep the troops there and make it hard and tie Donald Trump's hands so he can't let the troops go home. Is that amazing or what? When did the Republicans become the anti-war party? When did the Republicans become the ones that do not want to be bombing countries indefinitely? And now the Democrats are that party. Now the Republicans, half of them are that party as well. The only reasonable reasonable voices in in all of them are like the libertarian-leaning congresspeople and the libertarian congressperson, Justin Amash, and Rand Paul. They voted down Rand Paul's amendment to try to get the troops out of Afghanistan. Amazing. It just drives me absolutely crazy that we've been over there for 19 years and people are still going to be losing their lives there for another 19 years unless somebody grows the balls... To end this thing, there's 25,000 contractors in Afghanistan right now that are American contractors, and there's 8,000 troops. Get those troops out of there, wind this thing down, give this country over to its government, and leave these people alone. We're done there. We are done there. There is no American life that needs to die over there, and it's just driving me crazy. So that's what I wanted to say you guys know my anti-war stance, so I appreciate you listening to me for a few minutes on that. I hopefully, hopefully, you guys see the logic in this as well that we need to leave Afghanistan and have a non-interventionist foreign policy. Uh, I appreciate you joining me for another day, another look at the 2020 election cycle. Uh, follow me on Facebook, at I Am The Empire, on Twitter as well, and then I am the empirecom Come on back on Monday, stay. So you have clear vision for 2020. Oh, and by the way. Make sure you give me a five-star rating on Apple.